Welcome to the Grip Strip Podcast, episode 38, the What Really Grinds My Gears edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. Uh, I'm Philip Matthew, and I'm here with my co-host, Joshua Pine. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Phil. It's uh, starting to get cold here in Florida now, so it's getting interesting. Well, it ain't, it ain't as cold down there as it's going to be up here. And we're about to get 6 to 10 inches of snow which is so awesome, especially since it's going to be wet and heavy and my back's going to be screaming bloody murder. Um, But Ann Edison uh, municipal uh, jackasses are going to plow me into my own, into my house. So that'll, that'll also be great. Uh, I think I'm already doing, starting our, my rants here because anytime it snows, it becomes a disaster and because nobody knows how to drive. So it becomes even worse. Um, on today's tonight's today, tonight, whatever, whenever you're listening to this on this program, uh, we're going to talk about the abomination that was the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix where, um, uh, puffer fish, uh, went lights to flag. And if it weren't for. Um, Daniel Ricardo stealing the fastest lap you'd have, uh, uh, Verstappen would have had a grand slam. Uh, Lewis Hamilton returned from COVID and looked very ordinary. Um, and other things that came up, uh, in terms of that race. And then we'll talk a little bit about the young drivers or definitely not young driver test, considering a couple of drivers that are in it. And, um, We'll also discuss the news of the day, which uh, has seen both Audi and Porsche or at Porsche announced that they're going to be running the LMDH uh, prototype category along with Audi, uh, which means that both manufacturers, which are so synonymous with uh, prototype sports car racing internationally over the past 30 plus years, uh, Porsche more more recently than Audi, but even back then, and then Audi during the early 2000s was the dominant force in uh, prototype sports car racing at Le Mans. Uh, they'll be back and they'll be racing at both Le Mans and Daytona, which means they'll be at every classic race there is uh, in sports car racing. They'll be running at Daytona, Sebring. Watkins Glen, Road Atlanta, of course, Le Mans. Um, there will be the other races around the world, Silverstone and um, uh, wherever the hell the w, else the WEC runs these days because they kind of alternate their schedule. We'll talk about that. And football, fantasy football, since Josh is still involved and has a chance to win Fall Brawl. Um, I got summarily um, sent in, out of my own league again by a new guy, which is starting to get old. I seem to lose in the playoffs way too often, but then when you consider what it is in 2020, shouldn't really be shocked. We'll talk about fantasy football and regular football, for that matter. Maybe we'll talk about who Josh's uh, Jaguars and my 49ers will be drafting probably quarterbacks. Um, and then we'll do what really grinds our gears in terms of motorsports. Um, after watching Josh's um, Twitch stream uh, racing at No Name Raceway uh, last week, 
it kind of gave me a motivation to want to hear um angry josh like he like he was a few episodes ago ago in terms of the jacksonville jaguars and their pathetic ownership so i kind of want to see what what we could get out of how can we get josh to get riled up it's not in his character you know he's he's the calm calming influence in this deal he's the one that comes with the analytical perspective and the uh the intelligence uh and and and, uh calmness while i bring my intelligence in my way but i also just rant like a lunatic because frankly i am one um we will go and talk about that and i got a few things to get off my chest so we'll do that uh before we get any further uh next episode of the gsp for all you people that listen to us for formula one content is going to be a formula one centric pre-christmas present spectacular uh with the f1 grid talk podcast uh host owner um sportlight.com uh sportlight pro uh owner uh george Housen will be doing it in the wee hours of the morning from jolly old england um he'll make a return appearance on the gsp and i'm still looking to figure out if i can get other guys from the the grid talk podcast uh to join us uh we have some other people that are doing other podcasts also i might want to see if i can get them to connect um, we can do some collaborations there um, probably get some plugs for them uh, during this show. So first off, we'll go with um, Pufferfish uh, dominating uh, this uh, past weekend at w- by far one of the worst racetracks. Um, it's it's essentially Texas and I, I think if if it was an oval, uh, circuit, it would basically be Texas and Kansas. Um, the Abu Dhabi Formula One circuit is by far one of the worst racetracks that's ever been made. Uh, it's a it's an app it's an abject disaster. Uh, it is a re- it's an absolute waste of time. Uh, it's it, you can't pass, you can't do anything of value on there. Uh, it sucks out loud. Um, I mean, the, the, that race was so bad. Uh, the it 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 would make me going and dropping a pile that looks like a Terry McMillan engine explosion seem exciting. That's how bad this race was. Uh, the felt Max was topping one, led every lap. Won by f- nearly 16 seconds. There was a safety car because Sergio Perez, who went from uh, winning the last race, the Secure Grand Prix, the week before, to having a, a trans. It says engine, but it was a transmission failure. Um, he had to take a grid penalty for en- for for engine components, so he started tailback and then stops. Um, you know, the the in, in early in the race and finishes dead last. Though there's a possibility, there are rumors he might be getting the second Red Bull seat. So we will see about that. But other than that, the rest of the race ran under green. Um, 
Botas, Hamilton, second and third, Alex Albon, fourth, Lando Norris, fifth, and Carlos Sainz finished sixth in his last race. They did, for McLaren, they did a little funny skit, which is on YouTube, which is them and pup, as puppets, and it was really hilarious. Um, uh, nice to see. They have, they're, they're good friends, and it's kind of funny to see land. They did a really good job on both of them in terms of remaking them as, as puppets. It's kind of funny. Uh, Daniel Ricardo got fastest lap, finished seventh. Gasly, Esteban Ocon, and Stroll. Uh, you're your top 10. So uh, I guess Josh um, Verstappen goes and gets momentum to end the season. Uh, that's really about all I can say about this race. Yeah, I have to agree with your statement about uh, Abu Dhabi basically being Texas and Kansas. And I think you can probably say a lot of that for most of the Formula One tracks on the schedule, uh, especially the newer circuits on the schedule. I mean, the older circuits I can respect, like Spa and Silverstone and Monza. But uh, the topic is Abu Dhabi and uh, the horrid racetrack that it is. But uh, you have to give credit for Red Bull and uh, Max Verstappen and also Alexander Albon for finishing first place and fourth place in the uh, race this weekend and good job for them and they're able to maybe have some momentum into next year and figure out uh, how to have those more of those races uh, going next year and actually mount up a a real fight to Mercedes because right now it's Mercedes and then Red Bull uh, in Formula One and they're the only two teams to win this uh, this season of course it being very short season due to the coronavirus pandemic but uh, different weekend because Mercedes, I think they had some engine problem or whatever, and they couldn't uh, go quite as fast as they normally do for both their own cars and their customers. They had to kind of uh, tam- tamper it back, I guess, on the the horsepower, and so that they were a little bit a little bit off pace than what you would normally see from them. And then, of course, Lewis Hamilton um, still kind of uh, recovering from COVID, even though he no longer is sick with it. Uh, having to kind of struggle in the race and looking a lot more human than he is superhuman as a race car driver. But, uh, you know, not really a whole lot to take away. I mean, I give credit to McLaren. Uh, they end up stealing the third place on the constructors podium. And we all thought it was going to go to racing point, but then they didn't do as hot as what they would normally have. And, um, McLaren's able to take that advantage of that and, uh, Lance Stroll um, and Carlos Sainz Jr. both both finishing and getting points in this race, and they're able to uh, steal third place. and And I think next year uh, for them, you know, they're going to get Mercedes power next year, and, and if they can build on what they did this year, I expect them to. Uh, hopefully, they can have you know more podiums or you know have more points finishes, and maybe they can be in contention for some wins. Uh, during next season and and then hopefully you know they can continue that into 2022 with the the new regulations in in the series but um a good season for mclaren for them to kind of get back to where they were uh from a a long time ago it's been a a long a long terrible road for them the last couple years and looks like they're now recovering and you know so it's good for them um i think you know another team you have to talk about is uh uh 
Renault, uh, even though Daniel Ricciardo is leaving, they you know still finished well, and then Esteban Ocon is able to uh, get one of the last spots in the points, finishing like ninth or tenth place, and uh, you know is able to uh, get as much points as they can. I mean, not quite the season that they wanted, but something to build on and uh, be a, a good opportunity for. Fernando Alonso as he re- makes his return to Formula One next year to see what he can do in that car and with that team and I think he'll be able to help him uh, or help them be a better team and and certainly be uh, more competitive than what they were this year although they certainly were uh, fairly competitive um, and you know for Ferrari uh, Charles Leclerc kind of had whatever weekend you know didn't didn't really do that much uh, then uh, Sebastian Vettel parting ways with the team and uh, giving uh, Charles Leclerc a very good compliment there, you know, saying that he's a uh, you know very very talented racer and I can't remember exact quote, but you know, a uh, very very nice sentiment uh, giving him that helmet and uh, the message and you know, saying that Charles is a uh, Charles is a very uh, very t- one of the most talented racers he's ever um, been been around. So um, something for the future for Leclerc and hopefully. Uh, Ferrari can improve on what they do for next year but I mean you know not really a whole lot to take from the race I mean if Red Bull can get on what they build or what they did this year I mean if or what they did in this race if they could have had more of that this year then maybe it would have been a lot harder of a challenge for uh, Lewis Hamilton to win the championship and um you know, he didn't really, you know, have a whole lot of challenge except for, you know, a couple of races, but, you know, he's able to go and win the title and uh, secure all of that. And we'll see how it goes next year if uh, Red Bull can challenge them at a lot more of the races on the schedule. Yeah, it's with a full slate, they're hoping to get 23 races in and all the aspects of that and going all over the world and, I'm still wondering about how viable that's really going to be as it stands, even, you know, in the middle of December, even with uh, some of the things that have come up, uh, some of the new, uh, like, vaccines and the like. Uh, I don't know if Formula One, even after everything that they've gone through this year, to make 17 races happen, will they be able to make 23? Uh, there was one piece of, uh, I guess, rumor slash news that the there's a TBD spot that was supposed to be Vietnam. Uh, hopefully they won't be going there, even though the track seemed interesting and they put it in F1 2020, so I kind of have to get a gaming system just so I can get the just so I can go and see these cars and play them on a real, you know, current gaming format. But I also probably want to get a gaming computer and play iRacing. But that, that's a whole separate conversation. Uh, it looks like Portimao might be on the Formula One uh, circuit uh, next year, which would be cool. Um, I think that it's a, one of the best races of the year. And one of the coolest circuits they ran at, and it definitely is um, something that would add some flavor to the start of the season, um, early in the season, uh, depending on where they're going to be at. Uh, I don't know if they're really going to be running Australia, but got a 
see what else happens with that in terms of McLaren going out and getting another uh, uh, fi- uh, getting fifth and sixth again after last week the consistency is what helped them get third in the constructors championship they definitely didn't have the third best car but they have two legitimate race car drivers um, and they had a more reliable machine that was more predictable across all circuits. Racing Point had a better car, but terrible management, terrible. They have one mediocre driver. They they didn't. Their strategy was horrible most of the year. Um, they they screwed themselves out of third in the constructors championship, and it may have been by design. Who knows? I mean, to go and take new engine parts and do all that, and then. And then Sergio Perez ends up with basically a, a, a gearbox out of a Bicolis car. I mean, that's that's just ridiculous. Uh, the self-sabotaging is similar to what they what Mercedes did to Lewis Hamilton in 2016 uh, to make it so that it seemed like you know Nico Rosberg really got him. When in the end, it was literally one engine explosion at at Malaysia, which was the difference in the grand scheme of things of all the garbage that happened late in 2015 and into 2016. uh, It was literally one engine failure that cost Lewis Hamilton and would, would mean that he would have eight world championships right now. And he'd be going for nine next year. Uh, He hasn't been announced yet, but I would venture to say that we're going to hear an announcement of Lewis Hamilton returning to run um, uh, for another another uh, uh, season or a couple seasons um, and in Formula One. So we will see about that. Um, I mean, other than that, you know, Haas, of course, they're going to have two new drivers. One of them is an absolute knob um, and deserves to get, like, the crap beaten out of them. I, I don't I'm I'm out I'm unabashedly I cannot stand Lance Stroll and I'm on the Grid Talk podcast I met the two hosts of the Monkey Seat podcast and they hate Lance Stroll too I thought I hated Lance Stroll they also hate Lance Stroll and they also hate Alex Albon which is hilarious um, which um, I but I said that for as much as I can't stand Lance Stroll I hate Nikita Mazapan or Marzipan, whatever fuck his name is. Um, that guy deserves to get, you know, deliverance um, and get like airtighted by a bunch of burly men uh, as soon as possible because he's he's an absolute tool. Um, that's that's I, I just I can't stand him. I hope that he gets knocked out early. Um, in 2021 by someone, whether it's Fernando Alonso, whether it's some, I, I don't care. I, I hope somebody just knocks him on his ass. The same way as I want to see somebody take off Patrick Mahomes head is the same way. I want to see, um, I want to see Nikita Marzipan get demolished. He's, he is, he is a tool and he is a horrendous, horrendous, um, individual uh, that needs to be really, he needs to be humbled like the Iron Sheik used to talk about. He goes and talks about old country way 
doing a mole country way. Like that's what has to happen to Marzipan because he is he is a bum. And uh, I mean, he he's he's somebody that really really leaves a lot to be desired and shows where Formula One is is failing um, in a lot of ways. Um, Oh, speaking of Marzipan, there's some news. Marzipan, what is it? Loses court battle or failed attempt to buy Force India. Yeah, yeah, because he would have been the. No, this is the thing. He would have ended up being in the in the four in the instead of instead of one son getting into the tracing point, he'd have been in the tracing point. Well, whatever. F him. He can go and suck a dick. Um, they got yeah. So we got. Uh, some other news here. Speaking of Formula One, um, the the young driver test uh, saw definite not young driver Fernando Alonso uh, lead and uh, uh, getting a day's running under her belt. is an opportunity to get the 2020 car. Uh, 136.333, which was faster than either regular driver did last week or on the during the weekend. And then the Mercedes drivers, Nick DeVries and Stoffel Van Dorn, second and third. Robert Kupiga finished fourth for Alfa Romeo. Yuki Sonoda, who will be likely be in the Alfa Tori, um, finished fifth. And then Red Bull, but Buemi crashed. Wow, that's that's pretty mediocre. Callum Eilat, uh, who got uh, signed as the Ferrari test driver, um, finished eighth for Alfa Romeo. And then Ferrari development driver Antonio Fuco finished um, finished in seventh there. Yuri Vips for Red Bull. And then Guan Yu Zhou and the other Renault. Um, finished ninth, Jack Aitken tenth, Robert Schwartzman eleventh, and then there's other drivers there. You had um, Marino Sato and the other AlphaTauri, Roy Nassani, who's another never will be for Williams in fourteenth, and then Mick Schumacher, uh, who got an FP1 run, um, will um, will was uh dead last for alpha or i mean for Haas uh f1 in the young driver test so fernando alonso gets some running and two tenths ahead of uh devries who's the two the two uh, mercedes formula e drivers um there but uh competitive times for both of them and kubica who hasn't run uh an actual car since the end of last year in, in a Formula One car. He's been in DTM this year. Um, there is that. Um, the next piece that that I wanted to go over and we discussed, Josh, is something that I think that goes across multiple, um, multiple uh, series because this, the announcement of Porsche going and running uh, the LMDH means that both Porsche and Audi will be running uh, in IMSA 
and the World Endurance Championship starting in 2023, which is huge news. Porsche, who back in the 80s, before I was alive, or both of us were alive, brought out the Porsche 962 and dominated the IMSA GTP category for years, won every major endurance, won Daytona and Sebring on the regular before they went away. Audi became the noted manufacturer in the early 2000s with the R8 and then the original sport, the racing R8, not the one that's on the road right now. And they, they won the 12 hours Sebring and Lamar every single year. So now both of them are back and you would vent, I would venture to say that Honda and Cadillac or Acura and Cadillac are also going to be involved in this LMDH, uh, segment so i i throw this to you josh like as the engineering mind and what i guess is lmdh with having these two great legendary manufacturers coming in does it does this mean that lmdh has a lasting uh it does it seem like something that you think can last number one and number two um what are the aspects are of LMDH, I guess, is it really like, is the cost containment side that comes with LMDH because they're not building their own chassis, they're taking an LMP2 um, based uh, a car and then they're adding bo- body work or thing pieces that will um, identify them as a Porsche or Audi or whatever versus going the route of Toyota and Peugeot um, and probably Aston Martin uh, in the um, LMH side. Um, what does it mean, uh, what we're looking at here in the next couple of years for prototypes? Yeah, so to say about, like, what if it'll last, I mean, I think, I think certainly it'll last for a long time, and it's a lot more cost-efficient with this car, and we're, we're going to see Audi and, and uh, Porsche both compete in the uh imsa series and in wec which seems you know like i don't want to say unheard of but usually like you know manufacturer is gonna put most of its efforts into wec or into imsa and then maybe they might have a splash here or there into either series and one of their most prestigious races like if you know like if they decide to compete in daytona and then do WC or do IMSA and then go for Le Mans. Well, now they're going to go for all races in both series, and I think that's a good thing. It raises their profile in both series and and allows allows them to um, feed a, a, a lot of teams on both you know both the, the United States and in Europe. So it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, plays out. And certainly, I think IMSA will probably have a lot more European base uh, in the coming years. Uh, depending on what teams they can get uh, for Porsche and, um, you know, if they decided to, you know, do a manufactured car and then have a couple of other teams that run the Porsche or the Audi. So we'll see how that goes. But I think um, as far as like, like this car, like I think um, the fact that it's going to, you know, basically have like 
chassis suppliers from Delara or Liger or Areca, um, and you know, have other parts uh, constructed like the hybrid system gearbox. Um, that's going to be supplied by somebody else, and uh, Bosch supplying the um, motor generator unit and batteries from uh, Williams Engineering. Um, it certainly helps uh, the both of those manufacturers because then they can only focus in on on the bodywork and and you know parts of the engine. I guess the um, the things that you know they uh, would like to primarily focus on and and allow them to put more resources into um, aerodynamics and and you know all all that uh, development and maybe maybe some chassis you know work once they get it from the um, Delara supplier and uh, you know all those all those uh, brands so um, I think for you know basically having and I wouldn't say a kit car but it's basically kind of like what 90s era cart was with how you know we had different teams and you had different engine suppliers and then you were basically able to go out and purchase a, a chassis from from a supplier and then kind of integrate it um like in into you know your your team and pick which engine you want and which chassis you want so i think for this so maybe kind of a similar uh aspect you know it's obviously going to be a little bit more different with more parts um that are going to be integrated so you know it's like you build your own engine or whatever in chassis and then you can select all the other parts so i think from that aspect it, it's going to be a little easier to be um competitive i guess and to um maintain that level of um competitiveness that they need without um, going out and spending uh, a lot of money and um, allow them to be able to you know compete without without having to break the bank so to speak and um, on contrast you know we see like Peugeot and uh, Tar or Toyota they they uh, put all their efforts in, into one team and and um, you know that's great for them they, they've been able to win the 24-hour Le Mans like many times and be very dominant but at the same time um, there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of money that goes into that. And, you know, after a while, you know, they, um, going to see diminishing returns from, from that with the, the more money that they spend. But then on the other side of that, um, with this new model, I think you'll be able to see them, uh, you know, focus just on one side and then they, you know, they don't have to spend as much money on, on development. And I think they will be a lot healthier for the series and, uh, you know, for for those manufacturers and and allow allow everybody to kind of have a win-win situation, I guess. Yeah, it's something to see. I think for big-time prototype sports car racing, uh, to be able to have the names that they're gonna have, um, there's gonna be a convergence. There's gonna be a BOP that will allow Toyota and Peugeot as well to run at Daytona at Sebring Watkins Glen and road Atlanta, which is our four big um, endurance races that we have in America with the uh, Rolex 24, 12 hours of Sebring uh, six hours at the Glen and the Petit Le Mans. And then, of course, you know, we talk about Le Mans, uh, the 24 hours of Le Mans. So it's 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 a huge deal 
honestly, uh, to have have Puja or to have Porsche and Audi commit to running both, um, and and I think it's it's a positive. It it shows that this convergence and the the notion of the uh, of prototype racing is maybe more viable than even what is GTL like GTLM is kind of going down the tubes but when you consider that Porsche is leaving GTLM and now they're going to be committed to prototype racing and all their drivers are kind of going to be in a holding pattern and running other series and doing whatever and then they're going to end up all probably coming right back to Porsche. Uh, I mean, I think in the end, it's a net positive um, in the series because you want to have, you want to drive for the overall win. You're not, it's fine to drive for class and win a class at, at Daytona or Le Mans. It, it counts. It doesn't matter. You won the, you won the Rolex 24, you won the 24 hours Le Mans, but you want to win overall. And, Porsche and Audi coming back is going to really add um, flavor and is going to add an, uh, uh, something that Toyota hasn't had in a long time, which is competition. When they had competition, they weren't able to finish the job. Uh, so the notion is if they actually have real competition, Peugeot being there too with PSA, their whole group, you know they're they're kind of limiting where they're at. Some of the racing series they're involved in, uh, the Audi and Porsche are in the same you know group uh, in terms of ownership, but in terms of their racing uh, focus, obviously they both want to be in the same place. Audi has completely dropped their Formula E program. I wonder if BMW is kind of looking at LMDH as well. Uh, when you consider Ray Hall Letterman, of course, Schnitzer, the legendary BMW program after 50 years of involvement with with um, BMW, they have they have um, uh, left. So, I mean, you consider the like BMW is in a definite huge restructure. So who knows what they're going to be doing? Um, I, I would venture to say LMDH is an option, but maybe that. Maybe BMW is just literally going to become a um, pro-am kind of uh, GT4, GT3 uh, type manufacturer and focus on like VLC to go and win um, Nürburgring and that sort of thing. While Audi and Porsche are going to be involved in more bigger uh, racing, but we will see about that. Um, I think it's a huge it's a huge uh, uh time you know for prototype racing to have uh, those guys have both porsche and audi announce that they're going to be coming back and they're going to be running they'll be the first time that porsche and Audi, first time audi will be running the rolex 24 overall in 2023 and of course it'll be the first time porsche has run for overall honors um properly i mean you can count whatever the garbage they did when the daytona prototypes were around uh but the those cars were shitty um 
they're ugly too. Um, a proper Porsche car hasn't run for the overall um, win at the Rolex since 1992. Uh, so it, it, it's going to be, you know, it'll be 30. It'll be it'll be 31 years since Porsche's actually run for the overall. Um, they have one overall, of course, at the Rolex uh, through whatever in the GT3 category with the racers group. They won overall with the Action Express years ago, uh, or, or Brumos, and then I, I think also the Action Express, but probably they had like a Chevy or whatever motor or whatever they had. But so that that'll be a big deal. And you look at with right now in the current IMSA series with uh, Acura with two smaller teams. Of course, they're going to be uh, with Wayne Taylor Racing and uh, Meyer Shank next year. Um, and then the Cadillac has committed to um, uh, what do you call uh, the the wheel and engineering program which is action express and um they're gonna run the second car at the rolex 24 jimmy johnson in an all-star car um with three sports car aces and including simon pagino and um mike rockenfeller and i'm forgetting the other guy that's in there and probably somebody that i should know off the top of my head um and then they'll also have Chip Ganassi Racing. We'll be running a Cadillac, which will have uh, Kevin Magnuson and Renger Van de Zanda as the regular drivers um, here in uh, 2021. So Cadillac's got those two cars full-time. Um, we will see what else is out there in terms of the Cadillacs. There'll be two Hondas, two Cadillacs, one Mazda, Um and after that, I think LMP2 is going to be a lot stronger, a lot deeper, uh, which is what kind of is going to be a help towards the future, even with the LMDH convergence deal, is the fact that LMP2 is still a very healthy category because of the pro-am aspect um, and will um, provide car count because GTLM, there is no car count. I think uh, whatever what we know as GT Daytona, which is GT3 spec, will end up being the spec for like the lead GT class, and GT4 will end up being a pro-am uh, category. So GT3 could be there might be like two segments of GT3 cars, and then there will be a GT4, which will be a full pro-am category. For, uh, because they have LMP3 as well uh, involved in the series because they're worried about car count. So you see some good um, driver combinations that are going to be involved in that and teams involved in that as well. So a lot to go over, things that we will talk about here as we get into the new year on uh, the Grip Strip Podcast. Um wanted to go and uh, throw out there that uh, Fabian Coulthard, uh, long-time V8 Supercars driver, uh, will be going 
to Team Sydney uh, to replace will replace um, uh, Alex Davison in the number 19 local legends uh, car in 2021. And they have, and that will be um, a new combination, Jonathan Webb hiring uh, the veteran driver who has most recently been uh, with uh, DJR Team Penske, but DJR Team Penske is now back to Dick Johnson Racing. And both, they let go both of their drivers, or, well, one left, and they let go Fabian Coulthard. And uh, he's going over there to that team. Um, Dick Johnson Racing will have uh, Will Davison and um, and Anton D. Pasquale driving the uh, what will likely be the 11 and the 17 cars, um, respectively. Uh, there's also other news about, um, and it looks like Daniel Ricardo is looking at running the Bathurst 1000, um, and um, uh, Dimitri Mazapans loses a court battle to, which comes or was, uh, which came about in regards to the Force India F1 team because he tried to go uh, get it which he lost out to Lauren Stroll. And, um, yeah, race consortium, racing point consortium, blah, 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 blah. And uh, administrative fatal conduct, uh, a fair and proper sales protest process. Well, at the end of the day, who cares? Your son, your son still got a formula one ride. You're still going to end up having 50% of a Formula One team here soon enough because Gene Haas wants to bail in the worst way. Um, just like Tony Stewart saved him in 2009 when he was in jail, it's the same way as Dimitri Marzipan's going to be able to go and save Gene Haas and um, save him a ton of money because he's not, he wants to get the hell out of being a major owner of a Formula One team at this point. Uh, we will switch over uh, to uh, football, and uh, Josh uh, is able to have a nice, uh, comfortable week off in my league. I don't know if you're involved in any other uh, leagues, uh, fantasy football leagues, but you're you're definitely able to take a week off because you'd earned a uh, buy in my league and um, watched as I went and shit the bed in, um, in the, in the fantasy football league, the fall brawl league lost yet again um, in the playoffs. I'm starting to get really fed up with that. The notion of, of taking L's, uh, when it counts uh, is 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 getting uh, irritating to say the least, but I do have good news for myself as a fantasy football player. Uh, I won uh, to in my other league uh, thanks to um, Nick Chubb 
and uh, the corpse that is Mark Andrews because Mark Andrews disappears. I don't know what the hell happened to him this year. He, he had an unbelievable year last year and is probably he's getting Greg Roman uh, and because fucking uh, Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback. Um, he's he, I mean, he was running because he had the Rhea. Um, he did, that was definitely one reason why he was running as, as much as he was because he had the Rhea, but the other aspect is because he can't freaking throw a ball properly. But then I say that, and he was somehow or another able to find Hollywood Brown wide open uh, to get the touchdown to take the lead. Of course, Baker Mayfield, who does those stupid progressive commercials, was able to drive down the field and almost he vultured one touchdown for me for Nick Chubb and then vultured another touchdown with uh what's his name Kareem Hunt but I won by 0.22 of a point so I'll take it. It, it it at the end of the day as long as you win how you win it's not a it's not a it's not a uh, uh, modeling contest. It's not a pageant. As long as you win, you take it. So can't complain on that. It's a shame that I was knocked out in in my league, but I'm not really surprised by that. So it is what it is. Uh, Josh, I'll throw to you in regards to kind of previewing who you're going to be playing and um and what you expect going into week 15 of this insane 2020 NFL season. Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean this, even though I had a bye week this week, I might've scored enough points on my own to be able to win. I mean, I had Derrick Henry and he had a big game against the Jaguars as most running backs do these days. I uh, had another 40 point or 40 plus point game there. And uh, yeah, Jonathan 180 Taylor. going and averaging over yeah. on, uh, 10 yards a carry. Um, yeah, and we had like 215 yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had them, and Jonathan Taylor had another good game, but that was a bye week, so obviously it didn't count. Although, kind of hope they have a similar performance into this week, but uh, we'll see what happens. I've got you know Cam Newton. Hopefully, uh, they can figure it out. I mean, he seems to be a boomer bust quarterback and hasn't really had a lot of passing success, uh, at least scoring wise. And he's more of a, when they get to the end zone, they tend to uh, give him the ball and he runs it in. So he scores, he figure out a way, just um, not as much as maybe what I need him to. Um, Alan Robinson doing pretty good uh, and certainly have a, a good matchup against the Vikings. Julio Jones, uh, questionable with his injury, but he's playing the Buccaneers. Could be an interesting matchup. Uh, Derrick Henry should be able to eat again uh, facing the Detroit Lions. Jonathan Taylor also should be able to eat against the Houston Texans. Gronkowski uh, depends if he shows up, but it should be a good matchup against the Falcons. Uh, DK Metcalf um, might be a tough one. Washington, as they destroyed your uh, 49ers, um, they have a really good defensive line, so it's going to be hard for Russell Wilson to be able to um, get the ball to uh, DK Metcalf. He's probably going to be running around a lot um, and and trying to get out of sacks. Uh, the 
that Washington defense is coming on at the right time and they might be a, a, a hard loss in the playoffs. They'll, they'll play, they'll play tough if they can uh, uh, get a playoff berth, but uh, defense, uh, Tyron Matthew, uh, Casey Hayward, Roquan Smith, uh, all have been pretty solid throughout the season. We'll see how they uh, do going this weekend. Um, should, as long as, as long as they, you know, get sacks and make tackles should be okay there. Um, and Justin Herbert too, my other quarterback, uh, uh, had a really bad game a couple of weeks ago. Kind of recovered uh, this past week against the Falcons. Play on Thursday night against uh, Las Vegas Raiders, so uh, should be an interesting matchup. Um, uh, Raiders did get beat up pretty badly this past weekend, so uh, and they're, and they're on a short week, so it should be a, a good matchup for Herbert there. Uh, projected to be at 210 right now, but. Of course, that can change, and right now it is a, a tight matchup against uh, Run CMC, who's projected as a 202.87. So could swing either way, but I'm confident that I can get the W and go to the, uh, the championship round. Uh, as far as the other guys, uh, hopefully uh, CD's TDs can uh, lose so I don't have to face him because uh, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah, well... I lost to El Duque, which is Luke, um, who is Wilson's friend who you're playing uh, this week. Wilson, who's one of my best friends. He's, I've known him for most of my life. Uh, that, that fucking son of a bitch. I should have never invited him in my league because ever since he's he's came in, uh, he always seems to win. It's the same way as it is in poker. Probably is because he's he's Asian. Um, they're supposed to be good at those sort of things. Um, but, but I'm also Asian, but I'm not of that persuasion. Um, <laughs> fact of the matter is he sits there, listens all that fantasy radio, and he does the same kind of things like I do. He thinks like I do in that sense about, you know, movement and constantly, you know, doing a lot of a lot of uh, moves and if you look at you know in terms of the most active managers it's always me likely in most any league that I'm in uh, but right there behind is 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 Wilson run CMC of course for the corpse that is uh, Christian McCaffrey who has um, disappeared this year because of unfortunate injuries um, Carolina, of course, isn't playing for anything. And Mike Davis, who used to be a 49er at some point, has become a decent running back. So Carolina now has two. Uh, they have a legitimate number one, of course, one of the best players in the league in McCaffrey. And then they have a legitimate number two running back in Mike Davis. They also are going to be looking for a quarterback, even though, God bless Teddy Bridgewater, he's done a good enough job in a division that's a somewhat, you know, you have two teams that are angled one way that are win now. New Orleans is definitely win now. Tampa Bay sort of is in that category. And then you have Atlanta, which is a rebuild. Uh, but they have a coach in Raheem Morris that they should keep. He's definitely the guy they should have. He's really good. Um, I don't know who they're going to get a GM, but that would be an okay roster to work with. A lot of young talent there, a lot of potential. Um, and then, of course, 
Carolina, which is a full rebuild. Uh, Matt Rule is trying to build this up like a college program. Tepper's a billionaire. They're 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 doing the long game. So we we won't see the fruits of everything until probably not next year, but the year after that, if not further than that. Um, other than that, I mean, I'll in terms of the you got yeah, so you got Joe who won the league uh, regular season, who's another one of my best friends. Uh, I've known him for what amounts to yeah, yeah. I mean, I've known. Wilson for a little less time than I've known Joe. Uh, they both have um, ruined my experience as a league commissioner because I used to win all the time. And then I really said, hey, you know, I'll go and invite you in. And I fucked myself. Um, my matchup is for fifth, which is fucking lame. And I'm going against uh, Manolo. Stairway to Seven, uh, the CBS um, accounting specialist. That is uh, Stairway to Seven, who was who was lit off his uh, off off his skull on Sunday before he even saw his Steelers um, get get um, anally annihilated by Josh Allen um, and the Buffalo Bills, which is it's ILO's time, Professor Jay's team. Uh, uh, we've got five stars or a podcast. I, let me go here. Let me go and properly reference him. I don't want to go and shortchange. I don't want to shortchange him. I just change him to match that. She looks like a dude. Well, um, yeah, Twitter. I'll tell you. I'm trying to go and uh, get proper reference. Uh, yeah, I got your five stars podcast, uh, Professor J, uh, indie wrestling, um, wrestling, uh, Mark diehard, uh, sports fanatic. He's my mentor, uh, returned to the league this year. Uh, there's a lot of connections here to the GSP, uh, in this, in this, uh, league. Uh, so, it will be interesting to say the least here. Uh, I'm hoping to knock uh, Manny off and he can go and buy me a steak dinner because he can definitely afford it. Uh, I definitely can't, but I will stiff him for the the steak dinner because I'll shiv him. I'll, I'll do him old country way. Uh Break his back, make a mumble. I'm not going to say the last part, as uh, Iron Sheik would do, uh, because he probably would like that. Um, my team went and shit the bed in large part because uh, Dak Prescott and uh, Joe Burrow got hurt. And then on top of that, when I needed productivity from the likes of DeAndre Hopkins or Calvin Ridley or insert running back here like Miles Sanders disappeared. Uh, then they put Jalen Hurts in and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Miles Sanders learned how to run again, which tells you how bad the Philadelphia Eagles are. Um, 
Chicago had, uh, you kind of have to question how good uh, the the idiot stick they have as their coach is uh, Nagy that Montgomery isn't able to go off when he's the kind of talent that he is. Mark Andrews is uh, part and parcel for why I didn't have the tight end position in my league. He went off last year. He was great. And then this year he's been completely irrelevant. Uh, and I'm done with the tight end. I can't do it. And I'm a George, I'm a George Kittle mark. I do not want the tight end position in my league. I can't stand it. It's a waste. There's only five good t- uh, tight ends in the league. And yeah. If you can't get them, then you're yeah. you're kind of screwed, and you gotta play it by, by ear every week. Yeah. If you're gonna, if, the point is, if you're gonna waste capital on a tight end, sure. I mean, unless you're basically gonna have to draft the tight end in the first three rounds, or else, or two rounds, or else you're, you're, yeah. I mean, or three rounds, yeah. Or else you're really I mean, I don't believe in that. I, I, I'm more of an old school um, drafter. Uh, that's just me. Other people will put value in that. Um, the way quarterbacks are, you can wait on them, really. Um, I got lucky that way with Josh Allen, thankfully. Josh Allen's probably the only reason why I got to the playoffs. Or, I mean, he's one of the only reasons I got to the playoffs. I, I got lucky with a couple of my wide receivers. Running backs held up early in the year, shit the bed later. Ezekiel Elliott is a non-factor because the Dallas Cowgirls are a joke. And um, I'm glad they're a joke. That game that got flexed off of Sunday Night Football is going to be ugly. Um, probably Dallas will win, and I'll want to puke. Um, that's That's beside the point um in the other league i won by 0.22 of a point um in part i won 91.52 to 91.3 it's a regular standard scoring league uh wow. <laughs> versus um yeah well i was talking to wilson and i'm like i told him about that and he beat me in the championship in in fall brawl by 1.4 points um, so you think about a whole entire year, like everyone talks about like how Clyde and how he won his championship and he won by, by one point and they try to do all this stuff to go and get through a whole entire season and lose by basically one reception or, or one 14 yard, um, thing is, is just brutal. Uh, Nick Chubb went off for me. Mark Andrews actually hit his number for one of the only times all year uh, because Trace McSorley was throwing to him because uh, Lamar Jackson had diarrhea and had to re- and he had to get he had the shits and he had to run to the locker room and then he came back out miraculously like Paul Pierce and then went and threw that touchdown um, and then was able to make more throws because his cramps with air quotes, had been released. Um, it's called Don't Eat Don't Don't Eat White Castle or whatever. Don't eat insert whatever crazy food at two in the morning when you're get, when you're getting stoned with 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 Mark Ingram and and all them guys going big trust. Though big trust went and saved you with with um uh 
Justin Tucker, who's the best stuffing kicker in the NFL, other than uh, other than Robbie Gould. Uh, those two guys are two best kickers in the league. Um, Justin Tucker, I think, could kick from like a hundred yards. That's how good he is. Um, he's subhuman, um, and he went and won that game. Uh, knocked Baker Mayfield off, but that, that was a great football game yesterday. No defense played, which, I mean, whatever. There is no defense really in the league. The fact that you're able to, the, they call too many penalties for defense to actually really exist. Uh, but, excuse me, I mean, he had a lead. He had, this team had Cousins, Allen Robinson, Mike Kosicki before he fell over, Ronald Jones. The rest of his team's kind of a wash. I had Justin Herbert, who, if, I mean, I wrote out a bad game with Justin Herbert the week before. As I mean, Josh got him in in my league, and I uh, was able to ride, ride Justin Herbert's talent and abilities, even though the Chargers are going nowhere, and they're a disaster. Um, they Fire won anyway. Win. Well, I mean, I don't hate Anthony Lynn. I mean, he's not great. I don't think it's all him, but he has made a lot of like mind-numbing errors that are are criminal, frankly. Uh I'd take Anthony Lynn. I don't care. The way that I, the the way that Kyle Shanahan is doing things, but go and put Anthony Lynn as the defensive coordinator of the Niners since Bob Sala Mr. Clean, that that one trick pony douchebag who doesn't know how to pull out, uh, he's going to be hired as like the Detroit Lions head coach. Just just take him. He's a mediocrity. Put Anthony Lynn as our defensive coordinator. He'll be fine. I think he'll be good. Um, and his wife, uh, Stacy Bell, works for local. Uh, I think the local NBC uh, affiliate here in uh, New York. So it's kind of interesting how that all works out. I, I had Herbert Ridley, Nick Chubb, uh, Jason Sanders that had double digits. Everything else was a disaster. Uh, Debo Samuel, one of my favorite players, of course, as a Niner fan, gets one rush for nine yards, pulls a hamstring out for the year since he's a 49er. He has to get hurt. Um and his his uh, flex player, his WR player was Rojo, who had 14.4 points. So I, I was kind of in trouble uh, in that sense. But Nick Chubb showed up. But I got vultured for two touchdowns, but I still was able to, um, because Mark Andrews got a couple of those uh, plays late, somehow or another fade. Um, that that situation and uh, stay alive and have a chance to play uh, this week. Uh, it's a league that I have a trophy from. Um, looking at it right now from uh, nine years ago. The two the three the two teams that I'm going to have to eliminate to. To get there, it's going to be very difficult. Um, I would have won the other matchup, though, so it would have been fine. That would have been better. I wanted to play that team 
Grateful Deadheads. I'm going to play the team that is number two, and it's going to be a tough out. I'm going to have a tough time beating them. He has Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill, so yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, DK Metcalf, Melvin Gordon, Darren Waller, Amari Cooper in the flex, Young Way Koo, and uh, Seattle defense is his layout. And then he has Mike Williams on the Thursday night. Devontae Parker, he ain't going to play. He's a bitch. C.D. Lamb. Kenny Galladay, who's a bitch. J.K. Dobbins, he's probably going to play him, I think. New England defense against Miami, he's not going to play him. But, um, you know, J.K. Dobbins, he's probably going to put in. Uh, Melvin Gordon's not that good. And uh, they're playing against Buffalo. Even though Buffalo's run defense is terrible, uh, probably going to go play J.K. Dobbins because Baltimore's run is – that's where they do everything. And they're going against Jacksonville. Um, no offense, Josh. Uh, you already said it. Um, they can't defend anything. So, yep. Uh, I'm a, up against it pretty bad. Um, I'm hoping Justin Herbert can go against Las Vegas and put up a big score. Uh, I've got Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, who are meh. I got Nick. My running backs are really good. Uh, I got Nick Chubb. I got. Um, I got uh, the James Robinson from Jacksonville, who's been a, been a really, really good uh, player. He is somebody to have to build around for sure. Um, I'm sure that, um, forgetting the Ohio State quarterback's name, but the Justin likely, Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields and Robinson are going to be a good combination here in the future. Um, Mark Andrews, who's been nondescript. All year, as we um, said, I have Brandon Ayuk, who's a freaking yak and um, a possession receiver extraordinaire against the worst defense in the NFL in the Cowgirls. Uh, Jason Sanders, because there's kickers in this league. Since they do exist, I did I get, did give credit to, of course, um, Justin Tucker and Robbie Gould. Uh, but kickers and fantasy, it's, it's it's brutal. And then Miami's defense going against uh, Scam Newton and that uh, triple option garbage that they're doing in New England now because uh, they don't have a quarterback to somehow or another fade a 9.9.3 point uh, uh, projection in uh, week 15. If I can go and run this thing out and win the championship it would it would make 2020 of course there won't be a trophy i know that because it isn't the same person running the league but it would be worth it i haven't won a league in a while and it, it kills me but we will see uh justin fields likely is going to be a jacksonville jaguar i don't know who's going to be the coach they definitely need a better coach than what they have well, they're saying Doug urban Roth. meyer could be a guy I don't know if I agree with that, but certainly. Well, yeah, Urban Urban Meyer and his quote heart heart problems and quote, which always seem to come along when he's about to get nailed for an NCAA um, 
violation, which he's committed many for a guy who's supposed to be this high and holy guy. It makes perfect sense that he would come to the NFL. Will his shtick work there? I don't know. But I think if there is a soft landing in the NFL for him, there's I think there's two places he could go that it would work. And they're both in the in the AFC South. He could go to the Jaguars because he basically coached there anyway when he was in Gainesville with University of Florida. And then he goes to Houston and he takes Deshaun Watson and builds around Deshaun Watson. Those are the two options that exist that make sense. You could make an argument for Detroit, but they have their rudderless ship. And I honestly believe that Matthew Stafford's going to get traded. And I really believe he's going to get traded to San Francisco. And if that happens, that's a full-on rebuild. And it's Detroit. The irony is the two best coaches they've had in the last 20 years, they let go and said, oh, eight and eight isn't good enough. But you've hired people that were absolute to drizzling shits as both GMs and coaches over many years. Which, I mean, you look at the Chicago Bears' bad ownership, Detroit's bad ownership, which is they, they're the owners itself drop dead, the wives take over, they don't know what they're doing, they have the kids run it. It it goes down into the into the shitter. The same way the Niners, Eddie DeBarlo, of course, you know, he got nailed for because of the taxing and all that, kind of like Gene Haas had to give up the team to the sister. Sister's clueless. The husband's a tool. They go and give it to the kid. The kid's a moron. Goes and and has dipshits running the team. They finally get two people that kind of have a clue. But they're given a lot more leeway than they deserve relative to their return on investment, which, you know, John Lynch should be in the Hall of Fame as a player. It's kind of criminally is. It hasn't gotten in yet. Um, Kyle Shanahan's considered this great offensive mind, but he's the same effing guy that has blown two Super Bowl leads late with two different teams, one with an MVP of the league that year and one of the best wide receivers that exists in the world. And then this past Super Bowl where we had a 10-point lead against a guy who had turned the ball over three times. The the last time that Patrick Mahomes had had multiple turnovers in a game was in that stadium against the 49ers, and he sucked for 50-plus minutes of that football game. He was not anything great. And then, I don't know, I guess, you know, Kansas City got to hold every play and the officials looked the other way and we saw what happened there. Um, And they took my soul and my liver um, in February, along with Kyle Shanahan being a moron. Um, But, yeah. It's we will see what happens with uh, football. There's three weeks left in their regular season. We'll see what happens in terms of the playoffs. It looks like uh, Kansas City 
and Green Bay will be the uh, two teams that have a bye. And honestly, it will be an, uh, an amazing game to see uh, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers uh, play in the Super Bowl. If that's what happens in Tampa Bay in a few in February, uh, there would be the highest over, I think, in the history of a Super Bowl. Um, I kind of want to see Patrick Mahomes get humbled uh, because there are a lot of good teams in the AFC and the NFC is wide open, really. A lot to play for here, a lot of good football to see here between now and the 1st of February when uh, the Super Bowl comes along. Last part of the show here before we uh, sign off tonight will be the um, What Grinds Our Gears segment uh, here, which is a play on the Family Guy uh, bit, which Peter uh, did. And it's something that it's kind of to go and, and, and rant and release, release whatever pressure, tension, kind of like, it's not like uh, Van Wilder where, what's his, I forget, Daniel Cosgrove was telling Tara Reid he needed to release some pressure because then he ended up crapping in a, in a, in a small uh, garbage can. Yeah, underrated reference. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that, that was, that was a great movie. People don't understand how good though. And that everyone thinks about Ryan Reynolds. Oh, he's whatever superhero, whatever. That's where he was. He was doing that movie. Cal Penn was in that movie. Um, and Cal Penn underrated performance in that movie too. Um, it's definitely really, really cheesy, but oh man, definitely a good movie. Uh, Tara Reid acting like she was a serious reporter. Uh, me as a as a journalist, um, thinking of Tara Reid as a reporter, it's kind of funny. Um, but you know, in terms of, I guess Josh, I'm I'm gonna park this in in <laughs> in multiple ways here. Uh, football, definitely, we got you to go off on your owners of your uh, favorite football team. I got to listen to your uh, uh, feed uh, during iRacing last week. Uh, great perform! You're you're a really damn good driver, man. And that track is insane. Uh, you almost did a cold trickle um, before some idiot went and took you out. Uh, you were you're you're able to go and. You manage. You followed all the protocols of the way you're supposed to drive, and you were going to be in a position that possibly could have ended up with a win or a podium. Got screwed there, but you're you're definitely a lot more colorful on um, i racing than you're than you are here, which I, I kind of feel like you're 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 no selling me, but that that's a conversation for later, I guess. But uh, in terms of, I guess, NASCAR, because that's the thing that we, we connect on, and I don't know, other series that may, uh, you know, you think about. And then also, I think I, sim racing and football, too. What really grinds your gears, man? Oh, man. So I think 
for NASCAR in general is just the promotion of, I guess, the promotion of the sport in general. They just continue to promote crashing and and stuff, and they're marketing it down to the lowest common denominator type fan. And I mean that that stuff needs to go away and shows kind of where the direction of the sport is going in general. And they ought to be able to you know market it towards like actual racing people and intelligent people and and that's i mean i I, this is this is a little bit maybe even keeled here but and we'll we'll we'll, uh ramp it up as we get onto the topics but i mean i think for that in general it's just like for i mean there's a lot of things wrong with the sport with nascar the the cost everything costs too much they're basically running a, a kit car now as it is and and that's a going to be either a good or bad thing but there you know a lot of the originality is being taken out of the sport and it's all it's all uh cookie cutter and i mean might be sounding like a boomer but i mean it's true uh you know they they continue to um do things to the sport that that make no sense and you know they they um take you know they take ideas and then they throw them in the um, trash can and 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 um or they they take ideas from the trash can i should say um, you know, they, uh, take auto club speedway, which is a good track. And, and now they're going to turn it into, a, um, I mean, I guess it might be a good thing. They took it turn it into a short track, but they could have found another track that already exists on the schedule and put that on and, and removed another track like Texas or, or Kansas or something. Um, you know, that could have, that could have been a direction that they could have gone, um, I, I mean, I like uh, Auto Club. It's a, actually a fairly decent racetrack, and they've had a lot of good races in the past in NASCAR and multiple series. Uh, I mean, the the playoffs, I mean, we'll always hate that one until the day that I die because it, it sucks. It's uh, the dumbest way to award a championship in, uh, in all of sports. Uh, the fact that it comes down to one race and and uh, basically throws away everything else. Uh, as long as you make it to the end, you you, know, you have a chance, but you know throws away the rest of the season. And it's not the way a racing um, championship should be decided on. Uh, and, and you know, like like we said in the past, like if if uh, Lewis Hamilton ran a full NASCAR season, he would think it's insanity because the, the way that they have these stages, which are are stupid, they should not have stage cautions, just, uh, award points, bonuses and, and monetary bonuses, uh, at, at the stage points, uh, or at the stage conclusion lap, I guess. But if Lewis was, was to run the full season, he would think it's insane how they score, uh, the points and how, um, you know, like how this system is. Cause like for him, like all he has to do is, uh, work the whole season and, you know, win races and grind. And he's able to, come home with the championship at the end without, you know, having to worry about like some stupid, you know, debris caution causing the field to be reset with five laps to go. And then he loses the lead and loses the race. Like we've seen in the past in the cup series, uh, championship races. Um, so I think for, for somebody like that, that would, you know, be dumb. And I mean, he got COVID and would have been screwed out of the championship basically. And, and that would have been, you know, epic. I mean, what if, what if uh, Kevin Harvick had COVID at the end of the year or uh, Chase Elliott had COVID? I mean, that would have been a, a huge story and um, would have, I mean, if for Kevin Harvick, he had COVID and, and missed a race and basically ending his season there. I mean, that would have been terrible. And people would have been like, wow, that's a, a 
you know, the, what a way to go down for um, losing the title and not even be able to race for a title when in reality he should have won that title um, by far because he had had the best performance the whole season. So I think for for all that, I mean, that's, you know, the thing that we um, continue to uh, hate on, I guess. And the, I mean, the racing in general is just uh, terrible. Um, they, they're continuing to go towards flat out racing on, on mile and a half. And, you know, they keep tinkering with aerodynamics and stuff, which is part of the equation, but they uh, haven't figured out the mechanical side yet. We'll see how the, uh, I guess the independent rear suspension does with the new car in 2022 see how that goes if that improves the racing but uh you know it's going to be more the same next year and it's um you know we're really gonna have to be motivated to watch some of these races because it'll you know it's going to be really really boring at some of these joints but you know that's that's how it is i guess um sim racing i mean um you know you i will say like when you talk about like me like maybe selling you off like on you know being a lot more even keeled here and then on iRacing be a lot more um um animated i guess like that's just spur of the moment stuff uh i mean like it, it you know something happens in the middle of the race it's it's just like in in a real race like if somebody cuts you off like you get mad at them and in that moment and then you let it go the next lap that's you know basically how it is but you know people in i racing like whether you know especially because i mean i race mostly ovals like uh there are some people who just don't really respect you and and uh, they'll really race you really hard on, uh, you know, early on in the race when you really don't need to. And, and I mean, I've, I've, um, you know, had guys like, uh, really side draft me when they don't need to be doing that, like on restrictor play tracks and, and, uh, you know, it's pretty stressful and, and, um, you know, guys like trying to force it in there when they, when they don't need to, and, um, going for a gap that doesn't exist. Um, and come on, it's, uh, everybody's trying to um, get out of there without taking a hit in safety rating and and in I rating too, because that helps you license up and move up into more competitive classes, or so they say that's supposed to be competitive. But uh, I think I think in I racing, another thing is like uh, there. Well, for me, there was something that did happen uh, this past week. Um, they they had their usual or annual week 13, uh, which is, you know, the, the supposed to be the free for all week as they update the server or, you know, update the service and, and, uh, continue to, you know, implement changes and then release the, uh, next, uh, season or next schedule the following week after. But uh, I was at Talladega and I got rammed into on the pace lap and, and took a four X, which is basically like, uh, the, uh, points or i guess like how to explain that is the a 4x and i racing is basically a penalty for getting hit by another car and it being significant contact and not just like fender rubbing or anything like that or or lightly touching bumpers and this is on the pace lap and then at the end of the race after it concluded i saw that i, I lost a 0.75 on my i rating or on my um my safety rating and i'm trying to license up into uh, class a and now i got a uh, I went from being like a class B level four, uh, to like a class B 3.25 or something. And it's like, I had worked all of that up, uh, the past couple of weeks from IndyCar racing on oval at Indianapolis and NASCAR at, um, at like Michigan and Talladega, uh, with the 87 car and, you know, being able to 
dodge wrecks and stuff like that um, and keeping my safety gearing up and then losing it in a, a week when I shouldn't be losing it. That's like, that's pretty terrible. And I was kind of a little bit irritated about that one because it it's like throwing away all the work where I was from a couple weeks ago. But uh, the other thing with iRacing is because it was week 13, it's supposed to be a free-for-all, and they had a, a lack of series. It was a uh, like basically like the official series for NASCAR that kept continuing, and then there was also like a couple of dirt tracks and um, stuff. There, it just wasn't a lot of variety for a, a week that's supposed to be like the fun week where nothing is supposed to count and um, uh, like there was the release of Long Beach and the the new Delara uh, lowercase IR1 and that was supposed to be a um, you know like a thing where you could where you should be able to just try that out and and not have to pay money for it but you know people have to pay money for both the track which is 14.99 and the the car which is like 11.99 and it's like you pay all this money and it's um you, you know like you don't get to really try it bef you know without you, know, you don't have the ability to try before you buy, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, this should be a way to have like a free trial for the cars and the tracks um, so you can see if you like it and if you want to um, purchase it, then do that. And then, um, you know, have a one-week free trial for the car and track. But um, I, f I feel like iRacing should probably do that and maybe it would result in maybe better... Uh, better um sustainability in their cert user base and and you know uh more sustained growth i think but uh see another thing in well i, I guess with week 13 there was just a, little, a lack of lack of options i mean i would have liked to see uh the nascar 1987 be a a, a free week and the indy cars be a free week that would have been entertaining as well and and uh the ability to run the indie cars which they improved the indie cars they added the uh red and black tires now so you actually have options and apparently they fixed the road course version of the indie car and it's uh, a lot more drivable and a lot of the things that connor daly complained about on his twitch streams are no longer there and they could have given them uh week 13 indie car racing at long beach that would have been something but they didn't do that and and they gave us like some other like whatever car that doesn't really matter that you know people don't really race that often but i mean that's as i racing um you know they kind of can be cheap like that sometimes i guess but uh another thing and and this is more in general sim racing is like the i guess you know like the announcers in in the in the community and, and things like that they there's a lot of um i guess uh lack of objectivity you know like Open Wheels 500, the announcer there was like saying he was part of the winning team on the side, and and like his uh, eyes were getting ready to tear up, and just watching his team getting ready to win the race. And I was like, come on, be objective and don't um, mention that on air, because then then you lose that, and it you know there's I I'm looking for a word here, maybe you can help me out, but like you know it's like when when um whenever a announcer like has has a team in the race and then they're still commentating on it and then they have bias towards their own team or yeah. whatever you know you mean yeah well not collusion that's that's too strong considering what the hell we're going going into uh, i mean um 
Yeah, I have to. Like, I'm. I know it. I know what you're saying. What you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm trying to figure out the word. Just give me a sec here. But you can. Keep- yeah. Yeah. We'll keep going on this, but I mean, there there shouldn't be that. I mean, it it makes sim racing look like not. I won't say a joke, but it makes it look uh not as. I don't want to say as legitimate as it should be, but certainly um, with the way that they're presenting it, it makes it look not as professional as what it should be. But I mean, at the same time, like, like don't take yourselves too seriously, but you know, I think there is maybe some certain things that they should not mention or, or bring up and, you know, saying that you're a part of the team or something. And then, and like being emotional on the broadcast, like I, I think that's a no go. I mean, it's okay to have fun and joke around, but it's just like, you know, there are certain things like that, that maybe you should uh, steer away from. Um, just, I don't know. It makes you look pathetic, I guess. But uh, I, I guess then transitioning to maybe a different topic is, you know, the sport of football, but, it's not going to be the team you think it is because this past Saturday, the Florida Gators, my school, they uh, had a chance to secure um, or at least continue their quest to get a playoff berth. And they made it a lot harder, if not impossible, because Marco Wilson from the Florida Gators defense decided to throw a shoe from uh, LSU player and got a dumb penalty and then gave uh, LSU uh, enough of a chance to go out and get a field goal and then UF uh, couldn't tie the game back at the very end. They missed it and they were just short or wide left or whatever, but they had a chance to extend their playoff chances and they blew it. I mean, they were probably going to blow it next week against Alabama because they'll get destroyed by Alabama, but at least they, they took themselves out of the conversation a week early and uh, it was disappointing and it's typical UF. Uh, they're always going to be, um, you know, until they can get somebody like Urban Meyer or Tim Tebow, they're always going to be uh, like that below below tier college team or below you know the ranks of Alabama and Clemson. They'll uh, always be like on the cups, but not quite uh, a spot in the playoff uh, chance or you know the playoff system for college football, which is terrible in general. But still, the the uh, prestige that goes along with it. And they'll always be an also ran when it comes to that. And it would be nice to see a, a national title uh, for the Florida Gators uh, as a, a football team. Um, and, you know, hopefully that can happen next year or something. I, I mean, I guess there's still a chance if they can beat Alabama and then something happens with one of the other games that gives them more favorability in the rankings. But we'll see how that goes. I mean, what a dumb decision throwing the shoe when you didn't have to. And then, and then still being able to play, they should take him off the field right after that. I mean, I was telling my friends, like, man, take away your scholarship. You cost us a playoff spot. You know, I mean, somebody on Twitter was like, Aaron Hernandez killing somebody was a better decision than Marco Wilson throwing a shoe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was that. And I I don't know, maybe he's astute. Maybe he's really smart because, you know, it's been 12 years since an Iraqi reporter threw a shoe at George W. Bush in December 2008. And then, um, Somebody actually pointed that guy to the clip of that incident on Saturday, and that uh, Iraqi reporter was like, "Oh my God!" Like, like he acknowledged it, and he was like, "That's that's really bad." So, um, whoop dee dee for the Gators, I guess. I mean, uh, they're my school, go Gators, whatever. But like, come on, we gotta. I mean, we beat Georgia when they were bad. I mean, I want to beat Georgia when they're good, and then I want to be able to go to uh, take it to Alabama you know, and, and give them a, a fight for the SEC title and then get a playoff spot. Uh, we got to 
uh, we got to be elite. I mean, they had a good, pretty good offense this year, but the defense wasn't quite up to snuff, and that's what cost them in a lot of games this year. They let the lower tier teams kind of hang around a little bit too long, and then and then it finally bit them in the ass with LSU on Saturday. So, um, you know, we'll see how they go and how they get destroyed by Alabama uh, this coming Saturday, or if they can at least keep it close and be competitive. Yeah, that's there's a lot to unwrap there. Uh, credit to you, man. Uh, that's the the unfiltered Josh here on uh, the GSP. Unfiltered since that's uh, that's you. <laughs> that's me. That's the WordPress that I'm uh, my philipgmatthew.com. It's uh, the unfiltered hyphen grip strip podcast uh, uh, website, but uh, a lot to unwrap there. A lot of things you went over that I definitely do agree with, which is part of the reason why um, not only we're friends, good friends, and but we're we're doing this deal. Um, I mean, when it comes to NASCAR, the LCD thing really gets to me uh, to be someone that has an education and was raised a certain way to um, have respect and, and respect others. And um, I've went to many races. And even though people don't know what to do in some cases, when they see me sitting there holding a Miller Lite and wanting to go and talk to them, they're like, yeah, let's go and have a good time. They forget about, you know, the obvious um, biases and races, racism that they have um, that has been perpetuated. Uh, by certain segments of society and fundamentally the sport is ass backwards always has been uh, it wasn't as bad pre I guess 20 uh, pre 20 2008 I, I don't know maybe pre 2012 uh, it really kind of started turning a little bit after that, when I started going back to races and uh, it got really bad um, after 2016, uh, not to the point where I felt like I was on danger, um, that, that I won't say outside of when I went to Bristol. Uh, Bristol, I saw a bunch of fat pigs that looked at me like I was fresh meat. Um, then that's Bristol. So... Um, you kind of have to figure that. Um, but even then, I I didn't really feel like my life was on the line. I think if I were to go to a race now, I have to worry about that, which to me speaks uh, volumes about where our society is and uh, fundamentally um, how dumb a lot of people are and ignorant a lot of people are and uh, that's why NASCAR is losing a fan. They're losing, they're losing viewership. They're losing fan base. This next TV contract is not going to be anywhere near what it has been for the last 20 plus years because they're not going to get the same viewership. Uh, NASCAR as a product is not very good. They're going and reducing horsepower, thinking they're going to get another manufacturer. They're not. 
you could look at what LMDH is. That's more realistic compared to what real cars are than even though you're not racing a prototype on the road, the power unit and all that is more connected to that than what you're running in NASCAR. So, and then when you have all these kit car things like Josh brought up, you know, Mike Helton with five-star bodies being able to benefit from every person who buys a new um, new car. Uh, it shows the collusion that exists and it shows the, um, you, you know, it, it, when, when you're having to go and you're having to play both ends of the deal where you're going and announcing a race, but then you have an obvious bias and uh, connection towards a driver or a team. Uh, you have to start questioning what the hell's going on. Like Jeff Gordon came up last night on Talking Circles about how he's basically uh, a shill for Hendrick and he's basically a robot and not that good of an announcer. And his first year, he was really good and he started to become worse. And now he's just basically a waste. Um, Wait, you went on talking in circles with you guys? I wish. But we were talking, it was part of superlatives. Oh, you're about, talking about him. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about who's like best announcer, worst announcer. Um, and he came up on the worst side. Um, I tried to ether uh, Vince Welsh uh, because he's fucking got awful. Um, along with most people that work at Fox, like. Um, I mean, Mike Joy is not great, but he wasn't as bad as he has been. Um, Clint Boyer is mediocre at all things in life other than procreating and, and finding a wife. Uh, Jeff Gordon sucks. Uh, they got rid of Matt Yoakum because he's good. Um, Regan Smith's a tool. Jamie Little's a whore. Um who else do they have? I'm trying to think of who else they have on the pits or in announcing. Like Phil Parsons doesn't even know where he is anymore. Michael Waltrip likes men, which is not a demerit. The no, fact he, he's just a fruit. That's all. Yeah, I mean the fact that he doesn't admit that he likes men, and then he does all these other things and acts like he's important, um, and is benefiting from the charter system. Uh, makes him and makes him a douche. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think who else is in the pits right now. They got rid of Alan Kavana um, because he actually did his job. I don't know. They they have Caitlin Vincy, of course, but she's Preggers. They might get rid of her. Shannon Spank. Uh, she works <laughs> NFL. Well, that's what Adam Alexander went and called her the one time. So I've always called her that ever since. Um, the, and Adam Alexander is a waste of a waste of space. He's horrible, and he's going to be the lead announcer for the Daytona 500. Which at that point, I might as well just shut it off because he's 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 just as mediocre as Rick Allen. Rick Allen should just jump off a bridge. Um, he is horrible. I don't like Latart. I mean, he got he was okay last year uh, but he doesn't seem he seems like the kind of guy 
that would go and give away championships. Oh, wait, that's right. He did that three times. He did that in 2007 with Jeff Gordon. He did it twice with Dale Earnhardt Jr. So, or at least once with Dale Earnhardt Jr. So he did it twice. Um, Jeff Burton's not an announcer. Uh, he should be in the infield studio or whatever, be in Charlotte. They got rid of Chris Devota, who, when she transitioned over to NBC, kind of lost her luster. I don't know what happened to her. Um, Dave Burns has the personality of a piece of drywall. The fact that they consider him a lead announcer is 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 a joke. Um, he's awful. Uh, he has no personality. He has no emotion. He's the opposite of Rick Allen. Rick Allen overdoes everything. Um, and then you have Dave Burns, who no-sells everything. Uh, he's a pit reporter, and that's it. Uh, Myatt Snyder's dad's solid. Uh, Myatt Snyder has a big opportunity next year. You better make it work um, in Xfinity. Um, Kelly Stavist. Yeah, I like Kelly Stavist. Um, Parker Kligerman, take it or leave it, whatever. Um, he lost to Patrick Shelter. He lost the Arca Championship to Patrick Shelter. Nobody knows where Patrick Shelter is. He's probably I have not heard that name in a long time. Yeah, he I think he's he's with that Dave guy buying storage units. Um in <laughs> whatever that whatever that show is where they where they were buying storage units, storage wars. I think Patrick Shelter is doing that. Um and Pat and, and Parker Kligerman lost to him. Uh and he basically ended a race team in Swan Racing. So, you know. You gotta take it for what it is. Um, I mean, what grinds my gears? There's so many things. I mean, the announcers, the way they present the sport, the way they promote the sport. These LCD writers, like Jenna Fryer, that that whore, uh, she blocked me. Um, I mean, she's a terrible writer, uh, but she has dirt on so many people. I guess that's why she's employed. Um, uh, there's other writers that suck and people like Dave Moody, who's a tub of goo. He's a tub of shit, really, is what he is. Um, just like AJ Foyt called his car back in 86. Um, you know, when you're a podcaster and you're, you're, you struggle and you love this sport, you love racing your whole life, your whole, you've spent most of your life loving this sport. And you have these obnoxious, douchey, LCD level people trying to go and talk down to you. That's insulting. And it's insulting to my intelligence. It's insulting to what I am as a fan and what we are as fans. And that's what's wrong. That is, that's a main part of what's wrong with this sport and why it's dying. Um, you got the David Reagans of the world who's a, he'll mail it in because he's a shill uh, for a check saying, oh, it's better that we have less cars and more. I'm like, okay, if you're going to talk about volume, like you're going to talk about less cars and more, you should have a field that can actually compete, not five, six Rick Ware connected cars in the Cup Series in a Daytona 500. Uh, you should actually have competitive cars in the Daytona 500. You should have competitive cars in the biggest races of the year. The 600, Brick, 
Brickyard 400, Southern 500, you know, Bristol Night Race, et cetera, et cetera. Not cars that are in the way and are going to cause a caution. All that happens. That's the way the sport is. If you're going to talk about an exclusive field with this stupid charter system, then you should actually have to compete. If you're not going to compete, get the hell out and get somebody who will. If you're not going to, if there's nobody there, then reduce the amount of charters that are on the series and put more money into the open teams so that the likes of uh, Carl Long or whoever, like Blowjob McLeod, wants to go and run a second car, go and run a second car. You know, think about those smaller teams, Tommy Joe Martins, Wants to go run cup. He could, even though he's not cup, uh, uh, really cup, uh, uh, uh viable. Uh, he could probably hire somebody, you know, because he actually knows how to run a business compared to some of these guys who are in the sport. Um, I mean, in terms of other series, a like Formula One, they they don't have a guidance. They don't really have a direction. And it, you could tell, uh, I'm really uh, curious as to what Domenicali is going to do. He's going to have to figure out a way to make Ferrari relevant again, uh, which is going to be hard. Even though they have a good driver pairing, uh, the way the racing is, um, you know, the they blame the tires or they blame this, they blame that. It's called, it, it's the same reason, the same thing with NASCAR. It's called reduced downforce. Make the cars harder to drive. If the cars are harder to drive, they're going to be. It's going to be liable that you're going to be able to pass, or the tires are going to wear out, and then you'll be able to pass. You know, Tony said it in his one of his press conferences, I think, at Indy. It's like go and define, go and look in the dictionary and talk about find what racing means, and go in the dictionary and find what passing does. If you want to go and see passing, we can go and do passing on 465. And it's like you say that knowing full well that Indianapolis Motor Speedway is one of the worst racetracks that's ever existed for stock car racing. And they raced on a flat racetrack like, what is it, Ontario Motor Speedway. But you look at the cars that raced there in the late 70s and the early 80s compared to what we have now. You're able to race at at, at uh, Ontario. Now, if you race on a flat racetrack, it's a joke. You know, they, Brad Keselowski was able to dominate on flatter racetracks this whole year because of the 750 package and the way things are. Like, get one rules package, go and run max horsepower, low downforce, get the front ends off the ground, get the cars off the ground in general, traveling, you know, at least get a half inch off the ground, get rid of the side skirts or get rid of at least the left side side skirt, go and get softer tires that actually wear to go and run in these cars so that you actually have racing. Um, that's what we have to see, you know, with IndyCar, I think their qualifying formats kind of, I think we could go and run like a elimination you could run a couple of laps. You go and split the field in half based on practice, odds and evens. You go and, and they give time, but kind of like run one lap, whoever runs the fastest laps and advance and keep on doing it. And it'll go longer than um, 
uh, what they have right now. Uh, I mean, IndyCar in general, they need another manufacturer. Schedules basically become uh, road course centric. They don't have any ovals. It's because SMI and, and ISC own the ovals, which is, um, you know, they should have more ovals on the circuit. Uh, Miller, what is it, the Milwaukee Mile, or, or, you know, there there might be some cookie cutters, but you could run. I mean, they were supposed to run Richmond, that went away. Richmond is one of the best racetracks there that exists. NASCAR is ruined going to Richmond. IndyCar should be there. Um, I think uh, the way that the rules and the way things cost. In all series, that's why we're having issues with car count. It's why there's drivers that are qualified and they're basically stocking shelves instead of going and racing. Um, and when it comes to football, watching Kyle Shanahan blow games pisses me off. Watching John Lynch draft absolute never will be pisses me off. The fact that they need a quarterback and they're probably not going to get one in the draft that is one of the elite talents is is absolute bs to be seven minutes away from winning the super bowl and now being a middle of the road team and not being able to address the quarterback position and find somebody that can get the job done uh is mind-numbing uh but when you consider where the niners have been basically since 1999 uh nine yeah ninety eight ninety nine uh it's not shocking at all uh but you will see uh about that um yeah i think that's i i could have went further and i could have really gone crazy but i think i'm gonna save it i think we have better opportunity uh later on uh josh before uh we go uh tonight for the g s p let us know where we can follow you and uh, where we can go and kind of find uh, their football takes and uh, fantasy football. Yeah, as always, follow me on Twitter at JP Huffine, and then we'll have the Twitch streams um, for iRacing and other other games probably uh, on on their Twitch dot tv dot or yeah twitch dot tv slash you sailor two uh that's y-o-u-s-a-i-l-o-r-2 uh so we'll go up there um try to um i don't i don't want to put it on a schedule but we'll yeah. uh, try to um you know be forth uh forthcoming i guess and and uh, um you know when we when i decide to go on there and race so it's not just like spur of the moment i mean turn on notifications if you want i guess so you know when we go live um but we'll we'll try to get i'll try to figure out like how to get some graphics or what up on there like some of the other streamers are on there so it's not just uh playing jane i racing on there um but we'll we'll go on that uh, i will have one thought on your last thing uh you said the the 49ers how they're uh basically trash this year i mean it's a similar trajectory to what the jaguars had a couple years ago they uh had a really good draft and uh or a really good free agency and then they were basically able to use their defensive line to terrorize quarterbacks and everything and blake Bortles just 
you know, hand the ball off and do play action. And that's basically what Jimmy Garoppolo did last year. And now this year they're paying for it. So a uh, similar trajectory. Um, and Bob Salah and uh, Todd Wash come from this uh, same line of thinking. In fact, Bob Salah used to be the linebackers coach on the Jaguars yep. uh, until 2016. Um, but thought he was better, but looks like he ain't. Uh, what it is, and uh, they were remembering him as a, a coaching candidate for the Jags, but I don't want anybody that's associated with the Pete Carroll 4-3 defense. It, it, the only person that's ever been able to make it work is Pete Carroll, um, and it's because he's actually smart. The other guys are all just like that scene in Idiocracy where uh, the dumb guy is trying to fit a star into the square hole on the, the intelligence test, and uh uh, Joe Bowers, aka not sure, looks at him like, "What the hell?" Yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know how anybody. I, I don't get what the obsession is with with uh, Mister Clean at all. How he, how people think that he's a head coach candidate, and I kind of wish he would have gotten hired this past off season. Because if it was going to go the way it has went, I'd rather he be gone. They go and put somebody there that actually has a clue. Uh, the defense has played really, you know, it's had their good and their bad games. Uh, last game, they played well enough to go and beat almost anybody. And then the offense couldn't do anything. So, honestly, a shame, really, to say the least. Um, I'm at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter. Uh, P-H-I-L-I-P-G, as in George. Um, M-A-T-H-E-W on Twitter, um, at Philip G. Matthew, or I'm at philipgmatthew.com, WordPress, we're on Podbean, that's where our our host site for the GSP, we are also um, in, we just recently got accepted onto Pandora, we are, so the Gripshire podcast is on Pandora, we're also on Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and most places where you can find podcasts. Uh, follow us there, at Pod on Twitter. And uh, we will be back next week with a Formula One season recap with George Housen of the F1 Grid Talk podcast, uh, sportlightpro.com. Uh, etc etc jack of all trades um, has a full-time job in it goes and can't sleep so he's willing to go and do podcasts early in the morning in england uh his baby uh keeps him totally preoccupied too so um looking forward to having josh on and possibly or not josh um george and josh of course because you're always on um on and then uh, possibly have other people on here uh, next week before we go to Christmas, the Christmas break. Uh, we thank you for listening to Gripshire Podcast. Uh, follow us, like us, give us reviews, um, hopefully positive. If you're not going to write positive, please let me know uh, so I can go and kind of do mitigating circumstances to control the rating. Um, it sounds it's it sounds terrible, but hey, it is what it is. You have to do what you have to do. Um, for Josh, I'm Phil. Uh, good luck to Josh in uh, the Fall Brawl League. 
to see if he can go and win and keep it within the podcast um, while I'm going for fifth and basically going for draft position and hopefully can win in the other league there. Uh, take care of one another, stay safe, social distance, wear masks, do, do the things so that we can go and have the life that we used to have months ago, but still enjoy the things that are good about the world, like the Grip Strip Podcast. Take care.